You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Chelsea Clinton, and this season on In Fact, we've been celebrating Women's History Month. And since a month is never enough, we're keeping it going a little longer. I'm talking with trailblazing women at the top of their fields about their personal journeys, the progress women have made, and how far we still have to go. Today, I am thrilled to be talking about music and motherhood with award-winning singer, songwriter, actress, and producer Kelly Rowland. There's no question women have made some inroads in the music industry in recent decades. But the fact is, it still remains remarkably male-dominated. A study of Billboard's Top 100 showed that from 2012 to 2020, women made up only 22% of artists, 13% of songwriters, and only 3% of producers. So what does gender inequity feel like from inside the industry? Well, if anyone knows, it's Kelly. Her first taste of the business was back in 1993. She was only 12 years old when she and Beyonce competed as part of the group Girls' Time on the TV talent competition show Star Search. Hard as it is to believe, they came in second. But the group evolved into Destiny's Child, which with the addition of Michelle Williams would go on to become one of the best-selling female groups of all time. Kelly has won three Grammys with Destiny's Child and another as a solo artist for a collaboration with Nelly. And today, 
She's a platinum certified recording artist with over 40 million records sold. And she doesn't shy away from tackling serious issues in her music, from gun violence to beauty standards to racism. Kelly has been a judge on The X Factor, a coach and advisor on one of my personal favorites, The Voice. And she also just served as the celebrity ambassador for the 2022 Disney Dreamers Academy, a four-day event designed to inspire and empower high school students. As you'll hear, becoming a mom to sons Titan and Noah had a profound impact on Kelly and how she views her life and her work. She's written a guidebook for new moms called Whoa Baby, and her first children's book, written with Jessica McKay, will be coming out later this month. It's called Always With You, Always With Me, and it's a tribute to working mothers. Kelly, I'm so excited and grateful to have the chance to talk with you about your story and your thoughts on being a woman artist, a woman in the music industry. But I thought we could maybe start from when you were a kid and you could just share like what first drew you to music and did you always want to have a life in music? From as early as I can remember, I've always loved music. It really started with another woman, which is Whitney Houston. And I saw her singing, and she was, funny enough, singing the national anthem. And I just— Not an easy song to sing. Not an easy song to sing. (laughs) Not at all. But she was just electric and just— so powerful. And she also made it look so easy and effortless at the same time. And it was the way she sang every note. It was how much she was into it. And it was the fact that when I sang in the choir, like I just felt so alive. And just singing and music just made me feel like there was something just racing in my body. So I just was drawn and I've always loved it. Did you have female teachers or mentors when you were growing up who really helped translate that dream into the kind of skills and the abilities that you would need to realize it? As far as belief goes, it was my mother. There was this uh, TV show on when I was growing up called Amen. And there was a gospel singer who sang the theme song. And every time that song came on, my mama would say, sing, baby. Okay, let's go. Here come your song. Let's go, baby. Sing your song. So it was that. It was the support that I got from her. And putting those into practice and art, it would be the choir director at a church that I went to in Atlanta, Georgia, Israel Baptist Church. I'm so sad. I can't think of her name. And then it was my elementary school teacher, Miss Etheridge. You making me think, girl. (laughs) And it was Tina. Tina knows Lawson, Beyonce's mother. It was being around those other young ladies because we were each other's peers at that time. And we were listening and probably having energy bounce around between us of, wow, she can hit that note. Oh, let me try it. You know, it was having... A lot of women, of course, around me, and I feel like we were wanting greatness from each other. It is moving to me to hear you talk about the choir director and the teacher, as well as your mom and your friend's mom, because I think so often Mm -hmm. we look at people who have accomplished so much, and it seems inevitable. And yet we all have been helped on our journey, whether we've been mentored or sometimes pushed. Absolutely. And I, I think that it's our responsibility as women to continue to push each other. In the past, society has done the complete 
opposite and just pushed women away from each other or put them against each other. And I think that's the reason why they did that, because they knew how powerful we would be. So many of the people on the business side of the music and entertainment industry are men. And yet so many of our icons are are women. When you were starting out, did you have a moment where you looked around and you were like, wow, there's a lot of men here? Yes. Yes, I did. And it seemed like they were all just winning. <laughs> they were all doing so much. You know, behind the scenes, you know, I kept seeing all these men in such high positions, like executives and such at like labels. And I was like, where are the women? Where Where are we? <laughs> We deserve that seat. You know, we we should sit there. And when I would start seeing women come up, I would just get so excited. I remember the first time I met a female producer was Destiny's Child's very first album. And she was making the music in the studio. And that was the first time seeing a female producer and how empowering that was. But here's the thing. She was also pregnant. So she's making the beats. She's pregnant. Oh, my God. But it was like, and we kept just looking at her in such awe because I was like, we can do it all. (laughs) Well, and you certainly have done it all. Do you think the industry has gotten more inclusive of women over the years or has not much changed? It's had to. Yeah. But I will say I'm watching it. I would like to see more of it. It's still slow. We have to speed up the pace of change. And I think that we do that by supporting each other. Well, and you've collaborated with a lot of women in your work. How important has it been to you to work not only with artists with whom you resonate, but also artists with whom you resonate who are women? That's the number one thing for me. I think Destiny's Child definitely made that a must, to be honest. And Beyonce and Michelle are just exceptional But when it comes to working with other women, I'm always thinking about that first. So it's not an accident that you've worked with like Missy Elliott or Solange or Eve. Exactly. They're amazing. They're women. They're talented. How do we make space for the next artist to come through or the next like author to come through or the next whoever to come through? But it's seeing them in all of their greatness and wanting to be a part of that, wanting to feel what that magic feels like together because it is magical. There are some people who think art should never be political or should never be serious. And you've tackled a lot of issues in your music that are serious and affect millions of people in our country, whether depression or bullying, gun violence. Why is it important to you that your music not shy away from those, quote unquote, more serious issues? Because it wouldn't be human. I feel like it should all be tangible. It should all be stories. You should be as honest and authentic as you can possibly be. And those are real stories that you tell or that you should be telling. And If you're thinking those thoughts and you're feeling certain things in your heart and your soul and it's just things that you feel like you have to get out, that means that somebody else is thinking the same thing or going through the same thing. And how do we evolve and become better if we're not sharing our stories in a way that is a song, a way that is poetry, a way that is a movie, a way that is a podcast? You know what I mean? Like 
it's a must. <laughs> you know, you have shared stories in so many different media. I mean, music, but also on screen and through books, right? In your book, Whoa Baby, mm-hmm. which definitely yes. was like yes. you know, very much about about being a mom. So I'm curious, when you became a mom, why was it important to you to write a book that was geared toward other moms? Like what stories were really important for you to share and for you to bring out into the world? So when I became a mom, everything changed. My life genuinely changed. And with Whoa Baby, I remember reading what to expect when expecting. And I I was ready. (laughs) Exactly. And I remember being so ready for everything. But it was what happened afterwards that I wasn't ready for. I was like, wait, where is that book? I need to know what is happening. Is there a book on this? What's going on? And a girlfriend of mine was like, oh, honey, there's no book about that. And so I said, let's go. And literally wrote the book and asked my OBGN, asked a stylist girlfriend, a nutritionist. I asked all these people about what happens. And I talked about my own story. And I just felt like it had to be honest. And then when it came to being a working mom and moving and going place to place all the time and having to leave the kids and those emotions where I was like, time to write another one. And I met another woman, Jessica McKay, who actually was like, yo, I have this really cool book idea. And Jessica and I started talking. And next thing we knew, this book just started to build a life of its own. And it just started to talk about all the things that I wanted Titan to understand. It even gave me emotions that I was understanding and missing him. Because I think that sometimes kids think that they're the only ones in the position of like, I really want to be next to you. I miss you. I'm I'm feeling the same oh way. So with the book, of course, is always with you, always with me. And it's all about that. Yeah, I feel that so deeply when I'm away and my children like look at me through FaceTime and they're like, where are you, mama? Like, why aren't you here? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be there too. <laughs> but I'm like, don't cry, don't yes. cry. That's not helpful to them. Exactly, exactly. I never, well, you know, he has seen me cry once. He has seen me cry over my mother because my mother's no longer here on earth. But I've said, oh, I miss her. And he says, grandma? I was like, yeah. And then one time, because I've told him this before, he said, she's always with you and she's always with me too, mama. And I said, okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. I know. I think it's such a balance, right? As mothers showing that honest vulnerability and yet also still trying to protect them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am curious, how has it been being a working mom? And have you been able to do the work, all the work you feel called to do, want to do, want to create in the world and be a mom? And has the music and entertainment industry supported that? Because historically, a lot of industries haven't been particularly good for pregnant women or especially new moms. Yeah. Well, I think that the industry is continuing to evolve because everybody's having babies, especially during COVID. You know, Cardi B's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, I'm pregnant. Now Rihanna's, I'm pregnant. You have no choice but to get used to it, which is what I love. And I remember before I had Titan in 2014, 
I was scared to have a baby because people were like, once you have a baby, your career's over. Why would you tell a woman that? Like, why would you well, say your sensuality is gone? Yeah. Also, and you're like, I would love to be 100. Things. I have 60 years left Exa- of life. What are you talking about? Exactly. And I'm still fly. Don't you ever get it twisted. Yeah. That's literally what I want to tell them. I want to put my finger in their face and say, don't you ever get it twisted. Like, I'm always fly. Like, so I think that society's done that. But here we are, tug, tug, tug it <laughs> forward, like... Get on or get off. You're either going to get on the train or get off because we're going to be fly. We're going to be great. We're going to have babies and we're going to continue on. Thankfully, as you mentioned, it's not just any one woman artist, right? There are lots of women stepping forward, being honest about their true full selves, that being a mother is something they want to become. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's probably easier that it's not just one woman having to do that. There's a lot of really powerful women in the industry, which hopefully then helps less powerful women make the choices that are right for them too. Absolutely. Because some women will shy away from it. I know like I did, I waited till I was 33 to have my first kid, but I was thinking about it at 27. But I know some of that was the fear of all of these things being taken away. And I'm just like, I'm so happy I did this. And I'm mad that I didn't do it earlier. (laughs) I was like, I would have had one more. (laughs) We'll be right back. Stay with us. What are the most common questions that young women ask? And what's the most kind of common or what do you think the best advice you can give as someone at the top of your industry to young women looking up for whom you're their Whitney, right? They're like, I want to be you when I grow up. And what do you say? The questions I'd say I'm asked often are always about practicing, getting better, evolving, which is great because I remember coming up, we were practicing all the time, (laughs) literally morning, noon, and night we were practicing. So I have always loved music and I have always never had real talent, but thankfully was blessed with lots of persistence. So uh, I have these vivid memories of like being in the church choir and, you know, being told to to, like not project so much. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and like the the church, the church (laughs) choir, like master saying to my parents, like, you, we really appreciate Chelsea. She comes on time. She's very <laughs> punctual. It's like they had to say something nice about me and I had like no talent. And you clearly <laughs> were given like this gift from God of so much talent, but you have nurtured it and you have practiced and you have worked really hard. And I am curious, how has that practice changed over time? I'll say it evolved. When the girls and I were 11 and 12 practicing and rehearsing for Star Search, we would practice as often as we could because we were in between school. And then when we got a record deal, the practice was turned up to another gear to where it was not just movement, it was flexibility, it was agility with the voice and like trying to stretch our range. When we became signed and we were getting ready for performances, we were rehearsing for like 
10 and 12 hours a day. Then from there, it was, okay, we're getting ready for tour. And tour was a whole nother animal, as my mother would say. Like, I'll never forget the very last tour with Destiny's Child. We would rehearse like crazy. Then we would perform that evening, but we would get the videotapes back of the performance so that we could perfect it. We would look at it because we saw the way athletes would look at their plays every game. So we were treating it the way athletes would and check out everything. Well, the lighting cue is wrong here. Oh, well, this dancer got this wrong. And the funny thing is, is B was actually like so particular about it to where I soaked that up from her because she was so meticulous about it. So when it came to my solo project, I was so nervous. To be honest, I felt like I wasn't really ready. Even though you'd already been a professional musician and artist for years. I know, but it was just the idea of doing it alone. It scared the crap out of me, (laughs) to be honest. So then I rehearsed But it was just different with the girls, and I still loved it. And the more comfortable I got being by myself, the harder I worked in rehearsals. Maybe because you knew the hard work was what was giving you the comfort and giving you the confidence. You're like, oh, I need more of that. Yeah. Yes. And it was like the freedom in the performance was from the rehearsals, if that makes any sense. Totally. That makes total sense to me. So you still practice, right? Oh, absolutely. That's really powerful for people to hear too. It's not like you reach a certain level of achievement and you're like, oh, I'm done. I can like coast. You're like, no, you have to keep practicing. No, you still got to practice because it's an instrument. It's a muscle. You still have to use it. You still have to get it better. If it's not being used, it gets weaker. So voice lessons definitely help at least once or twice a week just makes you better and more like an athlete. You can move and have more agility. So I'd say never stop practicing and never think that you know it all. You should be an open book every single day. You have to always be humble and always be a student. And the one that I always get is, do you feel like you've done it all? You know it all. And I'm like, far from it. I'm learning something new every day. I think that some of the most successful people are the most curious and the most humble. Yeah. Do you sing for your son? Does he give you feedback? Oh, yes. (laughs) I have my kids read my books, and sometimes I'm like, ooh, that was harsh, but thank you. (laughs) Like, I'll I'll make that edit. Yeah, all right. (laughs) So with Always With You, Always With Me, Titan was like, can you get to that part quicker, Mom? It's just faster. And so I would come back to the edit with Jessica and Rhoda. And they were like, I said, Titan said this part is a little long. And they're like, oh, okay, then let's make it shorter. Yeah. So he just wanted to hear I called yeah. it the chorus. I was like, it's the chorus of the book. We have to get there faster. They're like, okay, okay, got it. One of the things I now think a lot about as a parent are the different images that you know, our children are just assailed by around like, what is the perfect girl or the perfect boy, or this is what the perfect woman looks like, or the perfect, you know, man looks like. And I know you've really focused in some of your music on exploring the pressures that particularly young girls and young women face about looking a certain way or a certain standard of beauty. What more would you like to see from your industry, from other artists? in that conversation? And how does being a mom make you feel about continuing that work? Is it more important now? Man, Chelsea, let me tell you, (laughs) I wanted to be less 
filtered because like you said, there is no such thing as perfect. I think that we can all strive for greatness, but even in greatness, some things don't turn out perfect, but they turn out the way that they're supposed to be. And you learn your lesson either way. I want to keep talking about authenticity and being as honest as you can in the moment. Because I I feel like there's some things like whether it's played up in music or in pictures or in videos, I'm like, no, that doesn't really feel like that. Or no, that doesn't really look like that. Or you know what I mean? Like even my son Titan has this thing where he's like, hi, welcome to my YouTube channel. I'm like, nah, man. You don't need a YouTube channel. He's seven? He's seven, Chelsea. He's seven. And I'm like, no! We're taking a quick break. Stay with us. just want to give you the chance to share anything you may want to share about your recent trip to Disney and the Disney Dreamers Academy and mentoring kids outside of music too in the broader STEAM world or even the more specific STEM, science, technology, you know, engineering and math. Because I think so often people think like, oh, I'm at the pinnacle of business or publishing or teaching, but I can only do this one thing. And you're using your experience and all that you've learned to help mentor people who have different dreams than being Whitney Houston or Kelly Rowland when they grow up? Well, first off, the Disney Dreamers Academy, I could not stop crying that whole weekend because I watched young people have an idea of how they saw themselves in a future. And just the start of a dream is a blessing. You know what I mean? To even see yourself there, to even write it down, to even be excited about it and work towards that is a big deal. So just to listen to all of their stories, as I talked to so many young people while I was there, and it was, I want to be this type of engineer, and I actually want to be this type of teacher and change the lives of students by doing this. I want to redesign this building. Like it was so many different occupational ideas, like in backgrounds and where they wanted to be in the future and how they wanted to change the world and why they were going to change the world. It was already in their brain and they were already putting it out there for them to do so. So seeing that it was being reminded not to ever stop dreaming. One last question we're asking everyone during Women's History Month. Is there one statistic or fact or story about women in entertainment broadly Mm -hmm. or music specifically that maybe you're thinking about this Women's History Month? I'm still thinking about how we continue to come together to show up for this new generation. The way this new generation I know is going to show up for us I think that it has to be reciprocated because I'm watching them say what they're not going to take from whether it's a a government or wherever. They are using their power. They're using their voices and they're speaking up and we have to be there to support them in that space. Because I think that, like I said, the world is continuing to evolve and we have to make the space for their voices to become even louder and to become even more powerful. So to me, it's making sure that we 
are speaking up for them. And in speaking up for them, we're also speaking up for ourselves because they're going to be fighting for us when we don't have the energy later to fight the way we would like to fight when we were younger. I mean, I cannot imagine you not having energy. (laughs) Oh, no. You seem to do everything. (laughs) I will have the energy. I will be right there. Like I, a woman who inspires me is Jane Fonda. Like, I, I love Jane Fonda. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's a powerhouse. I spoke to her last year for my podcast because I just, she's amazing. Like, she never stops. Yes. She sees, yes. like, every new challenge is just an opportunity to yes. do more and be more. And also yes. to yes. support young people, especially. I mean, she's really trying to create and in the best sense, leave space for young people. Yes, she is. And the same, of course, with Stacey Abrams. I remember sitting and having a space to speak with Stacey Abrams and so many things that she wanted to tackle. And I'm like, how? How are we going to support all of this? Like, I'm Have just... you ever read her romance books? No. She started as a romance novelist? I mean, no. she also like went to Yale Law School, but while she was a student <laughs> and like a young lawyer activist. Yeah, she wrote romance novels. Oh, I have to read these romance novels. I mean, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, Stacey Abrams wrote that. It's really like, <laughs> whoa. Okay. Okay, Chelsea, you done hyped me up for real now. But like another woman who certainly has has done more than any, I think, one person would be thought capable of. Wow. And you certainly are similarly amazing. Not perfect, because we talked about how no one's perfect, but always being in the pursuit of excellence certainly creates a lot of excellence to go around. So just thank you for all you're doing and thank you for your time today. Well, thank you. I feel the same and I'm so delighted to talk to you. You can find Kelly Rowland on social media at Kelly Rowland. Her new children's book, Always With You, Always With Me, will be out on April 26th. In Fact is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We are produced by a mighty group of women and one amazing man. Erica Goodmanson, Marit Har, Sarah Horowitz, Jessamyn Molly, and Justin Wright. With help from Lindsay Hoffman, Barry Lurie, Joy Sikubin, Julie Subrin, Mike Taylor, and Emily Young. Original music is by Justin Wright. If you like this episode of In Fact, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your family and friends to do the same. If you really want to help us out, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 